praise the Lord, hallelujah, and glory to God. Hallelujah. Wow. What music, what preaching, what an atmosphere in this place tonight. I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me in the Old Testament to the book of Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, and I'm going to begin to read in verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 37, I'll begin to read in verse 1, one of the most dramatic pictures in all the Word of God found here in the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament chapter 37. And the Bible says in Ezekiel 37 in verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Oh, God, put your words in my mouth and fill my mind with your thoughts. And may I speak the truth under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God, I pray you'll open our hearts to the truth tonight, and we'll be transformed by it. I pray we'll be changed by the word tonight. Oh God, I pray, Holy Ghost, revival will break out in hearts tonight. I confess the devil is a defeated foe and Jesus Christ is Lord of all. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen. Now there are many ways I could approach these scriptures tonight. When I think about how I should preach on these verses, I could bring a message about national judgment and renewal. Because the nation of Israel as a nation had collapsed to the point that they were a valley of dry bones. Because of their discarding the word of God and their rejecting of the one true God. Because of their disobedience to the word of God. The nation from within had rotted and had collapsed and they were under judgment and their was for God to come in and turn around as the nation repented. And man, as I look across this country at our nation, a nation that rejects God, 
values of the word and I see evidences of the judgment of God upon this nation, I could preach a whole sermon tonight from this text and talk about the judgment of God on the United States of America and how the only hope for America is the God that has been rejected. Only Jesus Christ can turn things around. But that's not the way I'm going to approach this text tonight. I could preach an evangelistic sermon on these scriptures tonight because this is a valley of death. This is a graveyard. It's a valley of dry bones. And lost people are dead in trespasses and sin. If you've never been saved, you don't need revival. You need a resurrection. The Bible teaches that you are without life. And isn't it wonderful when you're dead in trespasses and sin, but you hear the gospel that Christ died for you, that he was buried, and that he was raised from the dead to give you life, that in that moment when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the same Holy Spirit that entered that tomb and raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same Holy Spirit comes into your dead soul and it's like electricity hitting the light bulb man you come alive in Jesus Christ you're a new creation you'll never be the same it's not religion my friend that'll take you to heaven it is the resurrection life of Jesus Christ but that's not the way I'm going to approach these scriptures tonight you see the nation of Israel was the church in the Old Testament God had raised them up to be a light to the surrounding nations. They were to proclaim the truth of God's law and illustrate with their sacrifices and their festivals that there's one remedy for sin, and that's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But because they'd grown cold and distant in their relationship to God because they had become lukewarm and they lost their first love because they had laid aside the word and were living in the flesh they lost the power and the presence and the glory of God they had lost their witness they were a valley of dry bones and I believe that pictures the church of today now If we're going to have a resurrection revival in the church today, it's going to take three things. First of all, it's going to take the servant of God. It's going to take the servant of God. God looks for a man. He looks for a servant. He looks for a spark to ignite this great spiritual awakening. I don't know why God uses people, but that's what God determines to do. I mean, most of them are crazy and confused as a termite in a yo-yo and yet God God loves people and God uses people but I want you to see the kind of person that God uses to ignite a revival the kind of person God uses to stir a revival the kind of person God uses to spark the flame of revival I see it's a servant of God who is surrendered notice he says in verse 1 the hand of the Lord came upon me And then he brought me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of that valley of dry bones. You see, here is a man who is controlled by the Lord because he's under the hand of God. God's guiding him. 
And here is a man who is empowered by the Lord. When you read of the hand of God being on somebody in the Old Testament, that means the power of God was on them. You see, God's power did not just burn in their heart. God's power was displayed on their life. So when a man or a woman is surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the power of a holy God is displayed on the canvas of their life. So the servant of God's got to be surrendered. Notice something else about the servant of God that is used by God to ignite a resurrection and revival. The servant of God is realistic. Now in verse 2, it's as if the Holy Spirit is a pulpit committee and comes to Ezekiel and says, I want to show you what you're up against. I, I want to show you what you're going to confront. I'm calling you to Dry Bones Baptist Church. And I just want to be real honest with you concerning the task. This is not the way pulpit search committees work today. This is not the way pulpit committees work today. They come to some poor guy out here and they begin to just tell him that they just need leadership. If they just had leadership and somebody to love them, they would just take, they would take their community for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they invite this poor guy and his family to come to this community and at least one of them in the church has got a luxury automobile and they load him and his family up in the luxury automobile. They show them this new subdivision out here where they can build a house. They take them and show them this new elementary school that's built. They show them this new shopping mall over here. They show them all these new apartments and all these opportunities that are being built around this church. And they just say, all we need is leadership. And what they need is somebody that's been in the work a long time to interpret for them. And I tell that young man, you need to understand what they're saying. What they're saying is we'll follow your leadership as long as you do what you, we want you to do. But the first time you do something we don't like, we're going to tar and feather you and run you out of town. That's what they're really saying. But anyway, that's not what the Holy Spirit did here. The Bible says he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many bones in that valley. And the Bible says they were dead. And the Bible says they were dry. So he says, I'm calling you to be the pastor of Dry Bones Baptist Church. And I want you to know it is a place of death. It is nothing but a graveyard. And there's not one living soul in this church. And that's where I'm sending you. Now, when we look at the world around us, let's be realistic. It is a dark place. It is a place of unbelief. And people sit around the church today wringing their hands and say, wonder why these people are doing what they're doing and why are they acting the way they're acting. I can explain it to you right now. They're lost. Lost people act lost. They are blinded in their minds to the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And instead of cursing the darkness, we need to be giving them the light. And we need to believe what the Bible says, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So the, the servant of God's got to be surrendered under the hand of God, empowered, guided by God. 
the servant of God that God uses to ignite a revival, uh, Scripture teaches it right here, has to be realistic. We've got to, we've got to, to understand what we're up against. We're, we're up against unbelief. We're up against the devil. We're up against demons. We're up against unbelief. We're up against strongholds. We're up against bondage. We're up against the kingdom of darkness out there. Tell you something else, the, the, the servant of God is, has got to be teachable. Now, he shows him that valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel's standing there. He's taking him, took him on a tour. I mean, took him all. I want you to look out there. I mean, they had been dead so long that the bones were scattered. The, the thigh bone was over there, and the knee bone was over there. And the toe bone was over there. And they'd just been bleached in that hot Middle Eastern sun. There wasn't a breath of life anywhere in that place. And then he asked him this question. It's right here in the Word of God. He says in verse 3, Son of man, I want to ask you a question. In your opinion, can these dry bones live? And he didn't say, well, I just went to a new workshop. I got a new plan. I got a new program. And I think we could organize a new committee. No, he says, this is what he says. He says, I don't know. But you know. You tell me. I'm teachable. I don't have all the answers. God doesn't use people that are proud, and God doesn't use people that have arrived, and God doesn't use people who are confident in themselves. God uses people who will completely depend on him. Now, how did he know that God knew? Because in Ezekiel chapter 1, in verse 1, it says that Ezekiel had visions of God. And when you look at the visions of God that he had, he saw those cherubim up there. He saw the majesty and the glory of God, and in that vision, he realized, that God is not only omnipotent and God is not only omnipresent but God is omniscient he knows everything so you know what he's saying I don't know but you know and if you know I don't have to know in fact I'm okay as long as you know I don't need to know you just tell me if you say they can live I believe they can live and I don't understand why things happen the way they happen. But I know the one who, who knows all the answers. And, and, and I know that he knows. And I don't have to know. And someday when I stand in his presence, I'll know. And then it won't matter. So I'm just telling you that God is working even when I can't see him working. And he's working even when I can't feel him working. And he's working even when I can't hear him working. He's always working. And I don't have all the answers. But I know who does the way, the truth, and the life. And his name is Jesus. So first of all, if we're going to have a resurrection of revival, it takes the servant of God. But the second thing it takes is it takes the word of God. It takes the word of God. Now, now notice in these scriptures, the word of God demands to be preached. In verse 4 he says, now this is what I want you to do. you got this valley of dry bones. Dry bones Baptist church is dead. And I want you to pull up a stool, and I want you to sit, and I want you to, to get these folks in touch with their inner child. I, I want you to discover their felt needs, and, and I, I want you to teach them about how to manage their time. I, 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 I want you to, I, I, I don't want you to offend anybody. That's not what he says. He says, I want you to go to Dry Bones Baptist Church, and I want you to stand up there, and I want you to prophesy. And what that word there means is, I want you to preach. And I want you to be plain. 
get up there and say, you bunch of dry bones. Call it the way it is. And I want you to know I believe it now more than I've ever believed it in my whole life that the great need of the hour in the local church has nothing to do with technology. It has nothing to do with human personality. It has nothing to do with plans, programs, and organizations and facilities. It has everything to do with a man of God standing plugged into heaven with an open Bible preaching the Word of God. That's the desperate need of the hour. And preach it the way it is. It is heaven or it is hell. You are lost or you're saved. And Jesus is the only way. And his blood is the only cure. He is the answer. There is no God but the God of the Bible. Hallelujah. Preach. Just haul off and preach. You know, when I was young... I had a little more feistiness about me than I do now. I mean, I did. It was scary, to be honest with you. And I remember living up there in the panhandle of Texas, and God called me to preach when I was 17. And, man, I began to get invitations because when God calls you, he just starts opening doors. And I went over to a little old town over in New Mexico, just over the state line. And, I mean, I was just a kid. Man, I went in there with my Bible, and I got up, and I preached my heart out. And this old rancher, cowboy, he came up to me after the service, and he said, young man, he said, you know, I got blessed, but he said, I'm going to be honest with you. When I looked up there and saw you sitting there, I thought, he don't look old enough to shave. I said, friend, I didn't come to shave. I came to preach. I want to tell you something tonight, my friend. What we need, we need some preachers. Where are the preachers? Oh, my goodness. A guy on television in Jacksonville, I heard him preaching. He called it that the earth is pregnant with the possibilities of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means absolutely nothing. Listen, my friend. This is what gives life to those dead bones. This is what... This is what changes life. Let me tell you, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The devil is poked and prodded and rebuked by the Word of God. My flesh is restrained by the Word of God. We're edified by the Word of God. We need to preach the Word of God. It demands to be preached. Tell you something else. It demands to be heard. Thank God for everybody that preaches the Word of God. But what about some folks that are willing to hear the Word of God? Baptist folks, they can't take much preaching. No, notice what it says here in verse 4. It says, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones. And you say to them, oh, you dry bones, hear the Word of the Lord. And you've not really heard the word of the Lord unless you obey the word of the Lord. And you will never really understand the truth until you put that truth into practice. So the word of God demands to be preached. The word of God demands to be heard. And the word of God demands to be believed. Now, folks, I'm, I, I'm not a starry-eyed person who denies reality. But God... And the Word teaches me that I'm to walk by faith and not by sight. And I want you to know I'm not digging a bunker in my backyard and buying a generator and waiting till the end. 
I'm not buying potted meat. I'm not buying spam. I'm not spending 24 hours a day on a YouTube channel listening to some guy who's getting rich selling all that stuff to people. No. Brother, I'm telling you, before the Lord comes again, the Bible says there's going to be a great falling away, but I also believe there's going to be a great ingathering. I believe there's going to be a great revival, and I believe in the midst of the mess that God does impossible things through the remnant of his church, and so I'm going to preach in faith and sing in faith and worship in faith and pastor a church in faith and live in faith. Notice what he says here. He, 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 says, he says, prophesy to these bones and say to these dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And listen to verse 5. Thus says the Lord God, surely, have you ever noticed this? I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Faith doesn't believe that God can do something. And faith doesn't believe that God will do something. Faith believes that God has done it. I'm not living under the circumstances. I am standing on the promises. So we got to have the servant of God. And then we got to have the word of God. But the third thing we've got to have, if we're going to have resurrection revival, is we've got to have the breath of God. Now, I want to tell you, when the Holy Spirit begins to move in a church, there's evidence. Things begin to happen when the Holy Spirit begins to move in revival power in a church. The, the first thing that happens, and it's right here in the Word of God, there will be a conviction of sin. It, it says there in verse 7, there was a noise. Well, that's the cry of conviction. The people are getting a little irritated. The Word of God's getting under their skin. They're made to feel uncomfortable. And it is the, the cry of the, the broken heart, the noise of conviction. Not only is there a, a conviction of sin when the Spirit of God begins to move in the life of a church, there is a commotion of emotion. Now, verse 7 says, there was a rattling. Things began to shake. Things sort of began to rock and roll. How I many churches are so dead? All oh, I was in a church over in Georgia. I'll just tell you where it was. It was a few years ago. And it was so dead when we started. And this dear lady was leading the singing. And, 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 and she got up. And she didn't have it. Never smile. And then I tried to preach and give the invitation. And she got up. And they began to sing it just like this. Oh, why not tonight? Oh, I want to say, time out. Let me tell y'all why not tonight. Because God is not within 500 miles of this dead church. That's why not tonight. In another church, nothing wrong with choir robes. But in another church, here they come on Sunday morning. And it always amazed me in those dead churches in choir robes. It reminded me of Jungle Book, watching that with my grandkids. And those elephants with their tails all swinging the same way. And all them robes are swinging the same way, smell like mothballs. They're all pale, look like they need a good worming. And they stand up there and they begin to sing, The Lord is in his holy temple. Time out. Let me tell you why he's still in his holy temple. He's not coming to this dead church. Not going to happen. 
You know, when I got saved, God got a hold of me. I was saved in a Southern Baptist church called a preach in a Southern Baptist church. But I want to tell you, when I got saved, I've never been able to get over it. And all my life, Baptist folks have been trying to get me over it. I've been there 32 years, and I think there were a couple of holdouts and thought, man, if we hang in here, I believe he'll get over it. But then they finally, they even gave up, friend, because I'm not getting over it. I'm not getting over the fact that Jesus Christ saved my hell-bound soul, and I'm going to be as enthused and as excited about going to heaven as long most people are going to hell. There are people out there drinking Jack Daniel at happy hour in Jacksonville, Florida at some club, and they're waking up with a hangover. I go to happy hour with Jesus Christ at North Jack's every Sunday, and the next day I wake up with a hallelujah. What's wrong with a little emotion in the church? I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to jump a pew. You'll hurt yourself. Drive up the insurance premiums of this church. I'm asking you to do What's wrong with a little warmth? With a little feeling? I heard about this dear lady. She got saved and there's only one church to go to in that town. It was a big hike of fluting, highbrow church. And she got in there. I mean, when she got saved, she got it. Man. She got the, Jesus was in her heart. And the first time that sophisticated pastor mentioned Jesus, she shouted, Praise the Lord. Well, everybody looked around at her like she had lost her mind. He said something else about Jesus. She said, Amen. He said something else about Jesus. She said, Hallelujah. He, he couldn't even, he lost place in his notes. <laughs> he ended the sermon. He went back to her. She was a very poor woman. It was the dead of winter, and he said, Dear lady, let me tell you something. I'll make a deal with you. I've got two beautiful new quilts, and I'm going to give them to you if you'll keep your mouth shut if you're going to come to this church. And this poor woman, it was cold, and she looked at them quilts, and she said, Okay, it's a deal. Well, the next Sunday she came to church, and he mentioned Jesus in that sermon, and she, she caught herself. <laughs> he said something else about Jesus. She caught herself again. This went on. He said something else about Jesus. She stood up. She lifted up her hands. She said, quilts or no quilts, hallelujah. Listen. Dead Baptist or no dead Baptist, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a commotion of emotions. I'll tell you something else. If the breath of God begins to move in a church, there's going to be a collaboration of the saints. A collaboration of the saints. Verse 7 says, the bones came together, bone to its bone. How can we ever get a church together? I mean, people like different football teams. They like different colors, different fashions, different kinds of music. They like different kinds of automobiles. I mean, everybody's got an opinion about everything. How are we ever going to get everybody together in church with all these differing opinions? I mean, with all these people, they got their feelings on their, their sleeve and a chip on their shoulder, and they just go to church for the opportunity to get offended and to get hurt. How on earth can we ever get everybody together? Some believe in clapping, some believe in don't clap, no clapping, some believe it's okay to raise hands, some folks don't like raising hands. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit moving in a church 
And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit began to move in that place, those bones, they began to come together. And let me ask you this. Are there not some things we could agree on? Could we not agree that the Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of the living God? Could we not agree that there is a hell that burns with fire, but there's a heaven that has a street of gold and a gate of pearl, and the sun never sets and we never grow? Could we not agree that there's one gospel, and it is the death and the burial and the resurrection of the virgin-born Son of God, Jesus Christ? Can we not agree that he lived a sinless life, died a vicarious sacrifice? He's going to tiptoe on the clouds and come back And every knee is going to bow And every tongue is going to confess That Jesus Christ is Lord Could we not agree on that? I was preaching in a revival meeting back in the fall And during the music of the first service This family comes down to the altar Those two families you saw at the altar have been at odds He says, it's about driven me crazy this week, dealing with it. He said, I am talking. There was such a division between these two families. And he said, they went down there to that altar, and they got it right. And it's like heaven open. Let me tell you, the only thing that's going to bring families together, that's going to bring marriages together, that's going to bring Christians together, that's going to get God's people together, is the moving of the Holy Spirit in the church. There's going to be a conviction of sin, going to be a commotion of emotions, going to be a collaboration of saints, but there's also going to be the complication of hypocrisy. Notice the Bible says these bodies now, we got bones, we got bodies, they got meat on those bones. But the Bible says in verse 8, there was no breath in them. That, that's a lost church member. They got the outside without the inside. You see, the Bible says in Romans 8, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you've never been saved. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and makes your heart his home. And when the Spirit of God begins to move in the church, those bodies out there that have no breath in them are going to organize themselves in a cold water committee and they're going to do everything they can to kill the revival. And I'm telling you, God's people have got to rebuke it and they've got to resist it and not allow those kind of people to kill what God wants to do in the church. But I'll tell you something else, when the breath of God begins to move in the church, there's also going to be a congregation of victors. A congregation of victors. The Bible says, when the breath came into them, they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. And I kind of envision it like this. Oh, Ezekiel, he went out there and did just what God told him to do. And he got out there and week after week he preached the truth. He said, I'm telling you, revival is coming to Dry Bones Baptist Church. Life is coming to this valley of death. God's going to turn this cemetery into a congregation of victory. It's going to be the army of God. I'm telling you, this is going to be a place of light. This is going to be a place of love. We're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. It's coming. And he went every day. I don't even believe the devil bothered with this church. He probably just had one little old demon watching it because that, it's already dead. It's no threat. And that little old demon, he's sitting up on a hill and he's about half asleep. 
And there's Ezekiel, like he always is. He's just preaching the word of God. Revival's coming. The breath of God is coming. Get ready. God's getting ready to shake this valley of dry bones. And suddenly, his hair lifted up a little bit. He felt a little breeze on his face. And Ezekiel thought, man, here it comes. I believe he put it in overdrive, man. He is preaching his heart out. And suddenly, all of those bones begin to rattle. And that demon wakes up and begins to watch. And all of a sudden, the toe bone goes over there to the heel bone. And the heel bone goes over there to the ankle bone. And the ankle bone goes over there to the shin bone. And the shin bone goes over there to the knee bone. And the knee bone goes over there to the thigh bone. And thigh bone goes over the hip bone. And the hip bone goes, that's all that song I know. But you get the point, friend, Revival was on. And God put meat on those bones. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit of God filled those bodies. And that demon had run all the way back to hell saying revival's on at Dry Bones Baptist Church. And I need reinforcements. And as the devil and the armies of hell came over the top of the rise, General Ezekiel said to his army, attention, about face, full steam ahead and they ran the devil all the way back down into hell and the devil locked the door but the gates of hell will not prevail against a church that experienced revival you know there's a story that I've told over the years to illustrate revival it's the greatest modern-day example of what I feel like a real revival is. And I told that story over in Louisiana. I was preaching at an evangelism conference. And a man came up to me, and he said, I want to tell you the rest of the story. Because I was there the night it happened, just like you described. The only way I can tell you the rest of the story is to tell you the story. It was down in South Texas on a Sunday night. Business as usual. Same congregational makeup. Pastor preach about the same length of time. Same order of service. But that night, when that preacher gave the invitation, this young lady gets up and she comes down weeping, broken. And she says, I want to get right with God. And she says, I'm repenting. And I'm going to repent right here in front of this church of my sin. And something happened in that congregation. And people began to come out of the pews. And they began to come and fall across the altars. And they began to seek the Lord. After two hours, they sent a couple over to relieve the couple that was holding down the nursery over in the educational building. So they could come and get in on the revival. That couple came over there and stood before that congregation. And they said, we've got an adult son. And he left home. We don't even know where he is. And he's away from God. And we want you to pray with us that he'll come back home. And that he'll come back to God. And they fell on that altar and began to pray. Well, they didn't know it. He was in Galveston at a Mardi Gras celebration. And when they began to pray, the Spirit of God fell on him in conviction.
And that still small voice said, go home now. So he leaped in his automobile, drove as fast as he could to his parents' house. And when he got there, nobody was there. And he thought, what on earth? My parents only go to church on Sunday night. And at that late hour, he goes to the church, and the cars are in the parking lot, and the lights are on. He walks in to the foyer and asks, where's my mom and dad? They said, oh, they're down there at the altar praying. He walks down the aisle. He taps them on the shoulder. They stand up and look at him. There he is. He says, Mom, Dad, I'm coming home, and I'm coming back to God. I thought, that's a miracle. That's revival. And the man says to me, I was there the night that happened, and it happened just like you told it. But he said, I need to tell you the rest of the story. He said, the next week, the cold water committee in that church got together and they killed that revival. They killed it. And when he told me that, as I walked away in my heart, I said, I don't want to be the bucket of cold water that kills the revival. I want to be the spark that ignites the revival. Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And let's all reverently stand to our feet. As we stand in just a moment, we're going to have some music. And they're going to sing. And you may not be saved. You may not be sure that if you die tonight that you go to heaven. We'd like to tell you how to be saved. Just come to one of the pastors or staff members that are taking their place down here and say, we need or I need to get saved. There's a believer here tonight that just needs to come to this altar with all you've heard. And you just, you just need to say, Lord, I, I, I can't feel you working, but in faith I believe you're working. And I'm putting all my hurt in your hands. And I'm just going to trust you. There's somebody here tonight that needs a fresh touch. You need a revival. You've grown cold, gotten a rut. And you just need to come and stand or kneel or sit over just a moment and say, God, I don't want to be a bucket of cold water that's going to kill a revival. God, I want to be the spark that starts the whole thing. Lord, I'm willing. Let it begin in me. Now, Lord, let, let, let's pray. Like that old preacher prayed, he said, God, I, we don't need firecrackers. We need dynamite. Lord, I need some spiritual dynamite in my heart. Would you come? Holy Spirit of God, move in this invitation time. Lord, send a revival. Let it begin in me. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen. As we sing, you come right now.